1: I'm April Stearns, the founder and editor of Wildfire Magazine and the host of this podcast. Today, we're going to hear a piece from our annual metastatic breast cancer issue. This year's issue was our legacy stories theme, and I'm really excited about that episode ahead because it is going to be a little bit different from what you've heard here on The Burn before. But real quick, before we get into the episode, I want to plant a little seed in your ear about an upcoming theme for Wildfire Magazine that I'm working on. I want you to think about submitting your young breast cancer story for the love and intimacy issue. This is the fourth time we're doing this theme and it's always powerful. We are exploring all the ways that our cancer has affected our relationships with those closest to us. This is a topic that we all think about all the time, but we don't talk about nearly enough. Stories of dating, weddings, divorces, intimacy hurdles, wins along the way, and more. The submission deadline is February 25th. See more and get tips for writing a winning wildfire essay at wildfirecommunity.org. Okay, on to today's story, which could well have been published in the Love and Intimacy issue. So often with cancer, our lovers turn into caregivers. My guest today wrote a beautiful love letter to her husband in the form of a poem. My guest today is Ashley Blair Doyle. Ashley is a retired newspaper worker, graphic designer, and artist. She was diagnosed with breast cancer initially at 28 and then with a metastatic recurrence at 34. After 10 years of facing breast cancer, Ash has been an advocate on and off. She was private about her metastatic breast cancer for more than four years due to intense grief around losing the ability to become a mother herself, but has since started sharing her story aloud. She is against battle language with cancer and tries to educate about this on social media and beyond. Beyond cancer, she loves to write, is a fan of shower singing, and along with her 18 years together husband, she lives on the sunshine coast of British Columbia in Canada, where they spend a lot of time on the beach, in the forests, and in their garden. Today, Ashley is joining me on The Burn along with her mother, Victoria. Welcome to The Burn, you two. Hi, thank Hi you so much for Thanks. having us. Thanks for having us, April. Absolutely. So I'll share with the listeners that due to some recent complications from MBC to Ashley's vision, Victoria, her mother will be reading Ashley's poem today. And the poem is titled You and I. And you can find the poem, like I said, in our latest metastatic breast cancer issue that came out October 2022. All right, Victoria, I'll let you take it away. Thank you, April. You and I,
0: a poem by my daughter, Ashley Blair Doyle. Who bought a house during chemo in 2012? We did A quarter acre with the cutest blue home. Three bedroom, two bath, and ready for a family future. Where dandelions had overtaken and made me think recurrence. With a root that is deep, clear margins are needed. Though they fed the bees, I worried the float of seeds, very airy and quite scary. Where else could cancer grow? And it happened. 2017. Happy 34th birthday. You've got NBC. Met's reality. The saddest of hits. It drove us down into painful loss. And still, five years plus, we're here through it. Together. Whether good and healing, bad and gnarly, the reality of cancer has chiseled our life. Eighteen years together, always my person, where eleven of that time has been in two different stages. Like Cat Stevens sings, I know we've come a long way, we're changing day to day, but tell me, where do the children play? Well, Ours never could. That window sadly closed. It was robbed from us to have babies because of stage four. We lost all ten embryos because they were slow froze. Forced change, life adaptation. Hearts hurt. Tears and devastation. It rocked our world and tore us up. But we have loved other kiddos and animals through it, and though I couldn't grow a child, I grew in other ways and other places, the ones that distract, help process, heal, and release. We didn't get to use all three bedrooms the way we had imagined. We didn't get to have our little ones. We didn't get to grow a family. Instead, We've grown plants, flowers, and food. We've grown ourselves closer and older together. Where cancer growth has been most of our adulthood, where sudden guilt reaches me and it breaks my heart that what we faced. But to make a way through it, we built together, made our space filled with love, and we did all that we could to distract and feel joy. Design, Renault beach dips, camp beyond and above. Disney, Kauai, Quadra, Cortez. Our happy place knows us, as if it's our best friend. Oh yes, how I've ridden waves in this reality, surfed, paddled, and hiked. Although sadly, no more. My left eye vision was stolen this summer, of 2022, in which Q meditation. Bring me back to my core, and thank goodness for community. Together we are supported with so much love. We are carried in circle with our own inner one. You continue to run 10K for yourself and for me, which I miss. I struggle to walk stairs without hanging on your arm but I still plan to stram juniper and the yuki some. I've gotten high on indoor and outdoor propagation while my lungs, nodes, and brain have cellular invasion. With succulent pieces sprouting, satisfactory excitement, we keep growing despite the shit luck dividing. I'm still here five plus years with MBC, so... What else can we do? Out in the garden we plant all the seeds, feed, grow, harvest, share and bloom, heirlooms for life. Not bought chives and garlic in years, guacamole tonight, and you'll enjoy a spruce beer. Though we take things day by day, when speaking of what I leave behind, I am overcome with grief. How can this even be happening? overcome with disbelief you hold me so tightly you praise me and share ash you've helped others with advocacy cancer retreats and genetics aware ancestral lineage and family peacekeeping ensued connecting cousins and relations no one even knew all that feels good But will my people remember? Of course, darling, you say. True, very true. And I hope that they feel it huge each day. Lost half my vision, but still see more inside. I picture life without me here and can't help but cry. There are so many things I still wanna do. Video, sing, make, write, and travel. But don't forget the hundred-plus audios. Those songs are for you. So keep kitchen plans in mind. And how to redesign the ground. I left the list of how-tos by the old map cabinet we found. Get back to the islands and make it to the point. I'll fly along with you. We'll meld and be joined. What I've left to grow and seed will carry... A part of me and what visions I do have inside will continue. Let the bees feed on the yellow that eventually poofs. I'm all right with that, honestly. I'm completely down with earthly roots. As Joni wrote, we are stardust. We are golden and we've got to get ourselves back to the garden. And so we continue with help, thankfully. Even if the seizure broke my arm, even if it's harder to walk, even if my left eye is shut, despite hardship, I am grateful. We keep going together like two birds and the owl feather. Like today, I create as you dig, stone throw, water, and graze. We may not have made what we wanted, but we have grown in other ways. In any way, no pressure. But don't forget our little forest path and opening. Two hundred foot firs and a hundred year old trees. They all bring out the smells in the winds as stars shoot for you. I like to imagine I'll be one of those astronomical lines and a full moon too. I don't know what truly happens after death and I'm not ready for it, but when the time comes and I cross over, I feel my presence will be presented through breezes, the scent of rain, and beauty of sundowns, through our resident hummingbirds, rainbows, and nature sounds. Anything in which you, my sweet love, feel my energy, and home in our garden where the greens and seeds grow, or I'm found in the sunsets, sand and ocean of our Tofino. Then kayak to an isle at our favorite spot for a swim. You'll then close your eyes and seal my heart within. Or maybe the beach where we married, surrounded by cedars. You know I am with ocean waters too. Wherever you go, You'll not be the only one there, my love which spans through prison light and air. Forever, for always, my one and only. I'll be with you, with love plus infinity. I will be there, together, forever. You and I. Mm. Thank you
1: so much for reading that beautiful poem, Victoria. Ashley, thank you so much for writing it. All right, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll discuss. Hi, friends there is now a wildfire book in the world. It is a big, beautiful compilation of my favorite essays from Wildfire Magazine, spanning all the way back to our first ever issue in 2016, up to the summer of 2022. This book took years to create and is literally the resource I wish I had had when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. This book is called Igniting the Fire Within, and it's made up of 50 essays that really dig into the experience of having breast cancer in our 20s, 30s, and 40s. Every stage of breast cancer is represented from DCIS to stage four, from all sorts of walks of life from all around the world. Our writers go deep and get vulnerable to heal their own experiences and to let others like you know that you're not alone. You will find yourself within these pages. Get Igniting the Fire Within, stories of healing, hope, and humor inside today's young breast cancer community on Amazon, in paperback, and for Kindle now. Curl up with it today. Hi, my name is Pai Pieski. I live in Western Pennsylvania, and I was diagnosed with stage
0: 1 breast cancer at age 37 many years ago. I recently attended a free wildfire pop-up writing workshop for the young breast cancer community. Every wildfire workshop I have attended has been worthwhile. These sessions provide needed time to reflect, but also give us opportunity to hear similar and differing perspectives on our shared experience. Thank you to the wildfire team for providing a safe place in the breast cancer community.
1: Thank you so much for the love, Pi. All right. Welcome back to Victoria and Ashley. Ashley, thank you again for your powerful writing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And Victoria, thank you for taking time today to read for us. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Very great. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. And I'll say from this side of the screen, our, obviously our listeners can't see, but it was really lovely for me to get to to witness you reading and you listening. Ashley, it was really it was a powerful moment. I just really appreciate you too right now.
2: Yeah, it definitely means a lot and having that assistance for sure. Yeah.
1: Well, let's get into your poem a little bit, and if at any point I ask a question that is too sensitive or um, you just don't want to answer it, I'm respectful of that. So that's totally fine. So this is a really powerful love letter. your partner Ashley can you share us a little bit about the motivation to write it and what you ultimately wanted to say Mm -hmm. well
2: it's it's interesting because I had no idea what I was going to be writing when I did I just knew the strength of of course the love having been with my um my partner since I was oh my gosh um like 2004 so the love together is very, very strong. And what we've been together through this experience, it was, it was just, it needed to come out and be processed mm-hmm. I, and to be able to dive right into where we're at in, the, in this time of how heavy things have been with the stage four life and knowing mm-hmm how much, um, how much heavier it's been with the NBC in the last couple of years and to process that, but also to kind of cross over and get back to the love, like the depth that I feel for my husband, Mike. And yeah, um, definitely, uh, emotionals came through and it, was processed even just a couple days before sending it Mm -hmm. to the wildfire piece yeah it was as if I needed to process the pain piece yeah but also to kind of like plan out for him what he might need to feel out as well if that makes any sense it's a lot though yeah
1: yes yeah, and I just really appreciate you not only writing it but giving us a little of that behind the scenes for you. I wonder what you would say to to the world at large about what it is to be in a marriage where you have to share space with NBC. Is there anything you wish the world would kind of understand about that?
2: Oh my gosh! Well, the the whole time through it for me, I've wished that it's not happening first of all and there's pieces where you just it's as if you're or at least i feel like i'm trying to get through it as if it's not even happening at times but like the depth with him and our relationship the heaviness together Mm -hmm. really needed to come through for me to really dive into the pieces that I love of us and the pieces that I've loved for so many years as well. Whether, you know, there's so much grief, but also uh, trying to give him some strength so that he too can feel... Um, it's, oh, it's so hard to explain because there's just... The love is so huge, really, honestly. Mm-hmm but for him to be able to feel some strength through the heaviness itself. Uh, but also like to get into the, the past together and then like the, the memories of what have really managed this whole time together mm-hmm. and just to, to like strengthen what would be able to help him and, give him some strength as well like for for him it's so difficult to to feel all the emotions he's taking care of me he's really doing so much to care for me and and he's the the strong one that is is really pushing beyond what we are experiencing Mm -hmm. and it just the the poem itself has these these pieces where I just I I hope that there are
1: pieces that can strengthen him as well if that makes sense oh it does it does and you know one of the things I love so much about your poem is how much romance is in it how much love you just talked about you know how big the love is and I really l- love that to say the word love again and again, but it's so wonderful to highlight that part because he's become a caregiver for you. And I think sometimes that can maybe overshadow or take over the romance piece of it. So I love that you're bringing that, the strength of your love out. And also the the caregivers in our lives are often unsung because our own experiences and the cancer is so loud. So I just love the tribute that you're giving to him. And also, I'd love to also say you're giving such a tribute to your mom, Victoria, being here and and experiencing your poem too and getting to read it. It's almost this other layer to that love and strength of your relationship to have it be held by your mom Victoria, may I ask you how it was for you to to practice and to read this poem today?
0: Hmm. Deep. Yeah. Hmm. Deep. Um, the heart feels huge, Hmm. and it feels huge, and it feels huge, and, um, it took all that strength to, um, not cry. Yeah. And, um... Sometimes it takes that strength to not cry at other times too, Mm -hmm. because uh, we want to give that strength to, well, I want to give that strength to my daughter, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Yes, absolutely. Ashley, I want to ask you about another type of strength, and this comes to your advocacy, and you've been really outspoken since I've known you the last couple of years. I've known you about genetic testing and how important it is. Can you share a little bit about the PALB-2? Is that how we pronounce it and what that means to you and the advocacy that you carry forward? Yes. Thanks for asking. Um,
2: It is uh, the PALB-2. It's the third most popular, most popular uh, (laughs) genetic one known now. So we know about the first two, the and now I'm forgetting the names, but the Palbi-1 and Palbi, or sorry. Yeah. The first two that are very popular. And see. then Palbi-2 got found about. And there there's actually 85 or something oh, related to breast cancer now these days. And the one that I found out about was after my MBC diagnosis. And I, I believe it was 2017. That I finally found out how I developed breast cancer, and this hobby too was something that I I got from my my dad and my uh, grandma, and it um, it's quite popular. Excuse me, as I'm just um,
0: getting emotional thinking about it. Mm. Um, yeah,
2: it's uh, I mean it's not popular popular but it is happening in women and men under 40 and carried out and it's about a 40 to 60% chance of carrying it mm. and it can also carry as high as 90% and i um i carry this and i it was had 2012 initially that i was 28 27 even really, and was diagnosed for the, the, the more popular ones and was denied more testing. And it was after I was stage four that I finally find out about this palb 2. And it's really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was why I was diagnosed so young. Um, nothing I could do about it. But I'm trying to educate about it as much as I can, and even talking about it i've I've known lots of cancer uh, quote unquote friends since twenty twelve and they've been wanting to test as well and there's been several several friends who are finding out that they carry that as well mm. and I mean other ones as well there's there's many other types of um, genes that can cause this diagnosis but just learning more that women and and men too it's happening more especially under the age of 40 Mm -hmm. and it's pointing out like why we were diagnosed so young Mm -hmm. and like I said before the, um, the the 85 ish number really knowing that there's more out there and it's growing and it's making more sense as to why we're, you know, kind of explaining the diagnosis and knowing there will be more that come out and they'll point out drugs that can help. And that's really important. So for me personally, like I've had some certain treatments that are assisting me with this the the NBC and knowing that there are things that can can really target the the NBC world where I'm at. So I know that a lot of information, but um, yeah, knowing that something was passed on, even like I mentioned my dad and my my Slovak grandma, even her dad and uncle and aunt had had that, cancer too. So these are things that go on for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So I know that's a lot of information. (laughs) No, I really appreciate it because I think this piece of um, being able to identify a why is so powerful for those who do end up having a genetic mutation that can help them to understand how it came to be. I know not everyone can trace it back that way, but when you find that information, it can help not only kind of set that part at ease, but also help make decisions going forward. Make it easier for family members to make decisions, and then, like you said, it can influence treatment decisions as well. So it's important.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the uh, in, including the entire family, if possible, like it doesn't just have to be the person going through cancer itself, but it, it, talking to cousins and talking to family. And I, I do know of so many people with children that once their child is 18 or 20, 21, they, they are given that that right to, to do testing and monitoring, which is really crucial. So that's
1: important for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Well, I just have one more question for you. And again, um, it might might feel too personal. So you just let me know. But I know that you were really not sharing about your MBC diagnosis, like we said, for the first four years. And then since then, in in the last couple of years that I've known you, you've been very outspoken, I would say, about the realities of living with MBC in particular, most recently, as your vision um, has changed, you've been sharing that aloud. And I just wonder if you care to comment on this uh, transformation from being more reserved to now being more out loud about it on your social and and what that's meant to you? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, thanks for asking. It's uh, definitely an emotional. It's been an emotional time for sure, being quiet for the years that I, that I did. And to be honest, the first, um, I guess it was about four years that I was very quiet it was fear, but it was grief. My husband and I had every right to want to be parents and have children. And we had embryos and all we wanted was, regardless of this this world, to bring in one of our 10 embryos. And the grief and just having life completely taken was so painful that we did not we we did not know how to talk about it. It just it was like having life completely stolen away
0: to the point of um.
2: Sorry, <laughs> there's like probably a million words I could use yes. on how sad this was, but um, it was like I had to push it aside in a in a way. To process the the grief and uh as as the cancer did get um harder like once it went to my brain i it was time to finally share and also speak about what really the loss the losses the true losses that we've had taken mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um so that was like the beginning yeah and and then moving forward, um, to the reality of NBC was, it was like ready to come out. And I'm, I mean, I used to always be a storyteller, like when I was early stage in like blog spa world, which is def- definitely different now. But I, I just, I feel stronger now to, to speak the reality, even though there is so much sadness in this. Um mm-hmm. if that makes
1: sense. Yeah. Thanks for asking that. Yeah. Well, and and just as I'm listening to you, I know that there are others also listening who you're sharing something that resonates for them because it's part of their story too. And that is so important for us to do when we feel strong enough to do it. For those who don't yet feel strong enough to be speaking their own truth out loud. So I just want to commend you for being so vulnerable because it's really helpful to others. So thank you for that.
2: Thank you. Thank
1: you. Yeah. Before we part, Victoria, I want to thank you again and just ask you if there was any last thing that you wanted to say, um, anything at all. Well, this, um, this poem that
0: Ashley wrote is quite an honor to witness my daughter's creativity her love of life, her love of her husband, her love of the nature around her. She's uh she's gone through so much that you know a life of a life of her young age should never have to have to do um and live with this. It's um once the Pal B2 was was the part of the diagnosis? The reality sort of shifted, and the why was answered. Uh, but those whys are still going around in circles, and that's what's that's hard. Mm-hmm. That's hard to be in that um, in that vortex of of a why. The piece that she wrote was was very very deep and heartfelt, and I hope hope that a lot of others who or listening to this can really dive into their own grief and their own story and hope that this helps them find their ways through what they need. So mm-hmm. she's, she's always been helpful and sh- this piece helps too. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for that. I think it's amazing how even in the darkest moments there can still be love and there can still be hope and you guys are really demonstrating that both with the poem, Ashley, and then with today's conversation. So thank you both so much. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much. Yeah.
1: Today's writer has been Ashley Blair Doyle, along with her mother, Victoria. Ashley's poem was called You and I from the October, November, 2022 issue of Wildfire Magazine called Legacy Stories. Her piece is featured along with a beautiful picture of Ashley and her partner. So please be sure to check out that issue. Get your hands on it. Ashley, if people want to follow you on Instagram, will you share your handle? Yes, totally.
2: Um, I'm on Instagram and it's my full name, Ashley Blair Doyle. And uh, this is a little odd, but I'll also share my old (laughs) Um, blogspot.com. It's... it feels uh, old, but I've been adding some information about my my latest um, PALB2 information, and it's AshleyKickingCancer.blogspot.com, which I will admit it does not hit home with me that name, but I'm still including it because it does teach some things for people that are interested about the pieces that we can have in our in our blood um, body. I hope that that helps.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you for that. We'll be sure to link to both of those in the show notes so people can find you and, and follow along and read what you've written. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm April Stearns, and you've been listening to The Burn. The Burn's a production of Wildfire Magazine, where we share breast cancer stories from young women like you've never read or heard before. We also strive to inspire you to write your story like you've never written it before. Stay to the end for a writing prompt inspired by today's conversation. Our producer is Bill Smith of Shoe Production and our production assistant is Monica Haro. Want more on the life-changing transformation to be had from telling your breast cancer stories? Visit wildfirecommunity.org to find a copy of the issue shared in today's episode, to find our now 40 issues in the Wildfire archives and to take a writing workshop with me. There's no place on the planet like a wildfire writing workshop, and I want you to experience it for yourself. Discover how to write your way back to yourself, write your way to reclaiming your body and your story. Don't forget to subscribe to The Burn and listen to it wherever you go. If you like what you hear, leave us a starred review to help others find their way to writing the stories that need to be told. And finally, here is your writing prompt. Set your timer for eight minutes, write without stopping or editing. The prompt is Today, my definition of love is. Today, my definition of love is. Write for eight minutes, write without stopping. See what needs to come out and where it will take you. There are more prompts available to you in the free journal companion to this podcast. Head to wildfirecommunity.org theburn to get yours today. Happy writing. Thanks for listening. Until next time, take good care.